welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. Oh my goodness, you guys. I'm recording this from in bed. It is Friday night, so you can see my Friday nights are pretty wild around here. Pretty wild. I have Hudson on my feet. And for those of you who are new, Hudson is my very fluffy, amazing cat. He is the light of my life, my best friend. Um, Jonathan, my fiance, is not home yet. He's working and it's almost 7 p.m. But to me, for some reason, it feels like it is past midnight. I feel so strange, so brain foggy. And I just made myself dinner, had to leave all my dishes in the sink. I just feel super strange. But when you have a podcast that needs to come out next week, it's of course time to do a podcast intro sesh. And today's intro is fun because our guest, Mariah, is a dear friend of mine. We've been friends for about three or four years. We were connected by a mutual friend of ours who actually introduced Mariah and her husband to each other which you guys will hear about in this episode. And when we became friends, we were both in a bit of a different place than we are now. And it's pretty unreal that our lives have just continued to grow in this beautiful direction of becoming more and more and more similar to each other. Um, When we first met, I think Mariah had just left her fashion career to be a full-time meditation teacher. And I was doing the balanced blonde, but I didn't have a podcast yet. I think I still had my clothing line and I was so inspired by everything she was doing with meditation. And then as the years have gone on, we've just discovered all of these crazy synchronicities and similarities, especially our tie to Nicola from an earlier episode that you guys, many people listening to the podcast, really, really related to all about being celestial. I don't know the episode number, but if you haven't listened, just search the Balanced Blonde podcast, Nicola, and you'll find that one. Um, Mariah has worked very closely with Nicola and she and I have just continued to grow this deeper bond where when one of us is going through something, the other is likely going through it in her own way. Um, right now, we both are feeling the crazy pull to move to Hawaii. Although our lives are in Los Angeles, her husband, my fiance, lives in Los Angeles, and we still feel the pull. We both really are very, very, very sensitive to EMFs everything electromagnetic, Wi-Fi, phones, cell towers, um, just being in a big city. We both have autoimmune diseases. We are both just drawn to a lot of the same things. So to introduce you to Mariah, she founded the beautiful luxury line of crystal-infused sandals called Astara. And mostly this episode is to chat about 
Astara, what inspired her to create it, what the line is all about. And we also just chat as friends. We opened with the rapid fire questions. So you guys will learn a lot about her, her sun sign, her moon sign, all the good stuff we always talk about on Soul on Fire. And we get into the ideologies of soul contracts, the divine feminine, what it's like to live with endometriosis and all of these kind of female issues going on in our womb, crystals, meditation, and this really interesting idea of pursuing all of our different passions, even if that doesn't make us the quote-unquote go-to in the field. Um, In any particular field, we've both kind of struggled with but overcome at the same time that whole notion of you have to be this specific thing like I felt for a long time I had to be Jordan the balanced blonde who is the yoga teacher yoga influencer whatever that means and I always had so many passions beyond yoga and as much as I love yoga I always felt a little guilty not fully pursuing it and fully fully diving into being on the yoga teaching circuit and doing retreats and all those things um very full time because I was also blogging and podcasting and writing and traveling and exploring lots of interests like Reiki and Kundalini, all those good things. And Mariah has had kind of a similar path, but I will say Mariah has dove deep into all sorts of wonderful healing modalities from herbalism to Reiki. She's a Reiki master meditation and now her luxury sandal line that is infused like I said with crystals they're beautiful so we will get into everything that Mariah is in this episode and crazy enough after we recorded this I thought that it didn't save I had this whole like mercury retrograde computer crashing situation before the episode saved but Cody my amazing producer was able to walk me through retrieving it on my computer and I'm really glad because we had a lot of great things to tell you but just so you know a little bit more about Mariah I called her and told her our episode didn't save I'm so sorry And she was just like, cool, easy. Let's redo it on Monday. It wasn't meant to be, but at least we got to hang out. So she's really go with the flow. She's so laid back. I felt the same way. I wouldn't call myself laid back, but I did feel the same way. Um, But the episode was saved. So you guys do get to listen to it. So before we dive into the episode, I want to chat for a few minutes about our amazing sponsor, Fabletics. I feel so honored to have Fabletics sponsoring the podcast because I personally have been wearing their adorable active wear since it first came out when Kate Hudson announced it back in the day. And I've always been a huge Kate Hudson fan. So I've been wearing Fabletics. I feel like ever since I used to work for LA Yoga Magazine, which was several, several years ago. So It's exciting to share them with you guys and tell you about the fabulous deal that they have offered to our Soul on Fire listeners. 
So the deal that they have here is you will get two pairs of leggings for only $24. That's a $99 value when you sign up to be a VIP on their website. So just go to fabletics.com slash blonde to take advantage of this deal. That's fabletics.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E to get two leggings for only $24. So I know you guys can do math just as well as I can, but that's one pair of leggings for $12. And with this deal, you'll also get free shipping on orders over $49. They do have international shipping available and there's no commitment at all after you purchase your first order. So let me just tell you a little bit about the brand. They are wonderful and you're going to fall in love with them. So one of their founders is the beautiful Kate Hudson and their mission is that they are a fashion-focused activewear brand with a mission to empower women by making a healthy, active lifestyle accessible to everyone because of the exceptional price point. So They have all sorts of things for yoga, CrossFit, running, walking outside, which you may know is my latest go-to workout because I just had surgery and I haven't been able to do my usual routine. So I've been wearing my Fabletics activewear, walking around my neighborhood. You guys have probably seen it on my Instagram story. So if you've never tried Fabletics, I highly recommend starting on their collections page so you can see trending pieces. They also release brand new styles, collections, and prints every single month. Also, just a pro tip for our Soul on Fire listeners, if you guys become VIP with Fabletics, you'll get up to 50% off regular pricing and instant access to their latest collections. And there's no commitment, like I said, to order on a regular basis. You can skip any month that you want. So to get that amazing deal that I told you guys about, just go to fabletics.com slash blonde. And take advantage of their offer to send you two pairs of leggings for only $24. That's fabletics.com slash blonde. Terms and conditions do apply. I hope that you guys love them as much as I do. Kate Hudson only starts amazing things. And on that note, let's dive into this episode with Mariah Lyons, someone who inspires me so hugely. And I know that you guys will fall in love with everything that she has to say. Okay, Mariah, I'm so glad you're here. Hi. We finally, finally are making this happen. We made it happen. I feel like we've been talking about this for like two years. Well, because I feel like every time we get together, we just gab for like four hours. <laughs> we're like, wait, this is really good. <laughs> yes. And then I'm like, oh, we, I wish we were recording for the podcast that whole time. <laughs> like for the last hour yes. that you've been here. <laughs> Um, which I love. Literally, we were like, wait, this is really good. Should we save some of this? I know. I wish that I had just like turned the microphones on. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to chat and everyone's going to learn all about you today. But I thought it would be fun to start. So I usually end an episode with rapid fire questions, mm-hmm. but I thought it might be kind of fun to start it that way just okay, so that too. people can really get to know you. And then we'll talk about what you do, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, 
So what are your sun rising and moon signs? I love you. <laughs> my sun sign is Gemini. My rising is Aries. And my moon is Taurus. So you're air, fire, and earth. So you're very balanced. Yeah. I mean, I think that the the Taurus moon really helps to ground me in. I find with the fire and air, uh, I tend to get a bit airy and a bit, we've talked about this a lot, ungrounded. Um, so the the Taurus really helps to to ground me in. And that's kind of my saving grace, truthfully. You're so lucky that you have that. I don't I don't have any earth in my chart really? at all, which I think is why I just live. In I can see the that clouds. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yes. But it's but it's also one of those things where it's like, you know, it's such a beautiful thing. We can call in those elements in all the different ways, right? So you, I mean, you have all the stones in your house with your animals, your plants, like you're so connected to the earth element that it doesn't, yes, it's maybe not predominantly in your chart, but it's in your bones, it's in your cells, it's exactly. in you. So. Yeah, I think just as we were talking about earlier, which we can get more into with that pull to be in nature more, mm-hmm. spend some time away from LA. Yeah. I think that's that earth element just totally. showing up in my life. Well, and it's probably showing you, you know, it's one of those things too, where it's like, that's the medicine that may be missing right now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, Yes, you see it in your chart where it's not as predominant in your chart, where it's quote unquote missing from your chart. And maybe that is then that medicine that is quote unquote missing from your life right now. So it's like tuning into that, into how can we, you know, how can you bring more of that earthing, that grounding into your life? I find that a lot with fire with me, where it's like I can get very, sometimes the energy can get a little stagnant where it's like, okay, how can I bring more fire into my life, more movement, more of that, um, that energy. And it's always just tuning into what we need at that particular time. Right. Right. I know. I think the only one that's easy for me that I have so much of is air, Mm. just airy, 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 which is good with like ideas coming in, but then they float away just as easily if we don't act on them. So next rapid fire question for you. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? Mm, That's a good one. The one that's coming right now is snow leopard which is so funny. It's the first kind of spirit animal, truthfully, that came to me like years ago. I just really resonate with that animal a lot. I don't know. Yeah, probably about, probably a snow leopard, maybe a dolphin. I was going to say, what about <laughs> dolphins, given your amazing experience yes, in Hawaii maybe a couple weeks do- ago? Maybe dolphins. Truthfully, probably a dolphin would be, yes. I feel like that's so yes. you. But snow leopard too is very powerful. I like how opposite they are. They're very opposite. It's probably the Gemini coming out uh, of yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, the snow, and it's funny actually tuning into it because the snow leopard lives most of its life alone, right? Like up in the mountains. And like I am grew up in the mountains. I'm such a mountain woman. Mm-hmm. And then the dolphins are completely opposite. They're, they're in a pod. So they're in community and they're in that space. And I really, truly, it's funny. I'm just kind of putting that together right now. so weird because we were just talking about splitting the time. Yes. And the half and half. Yes. Half of you loves being in LA Mm -hmm. and the city and the people and the industry. And then the other part of you really, really needs isolation and nature. Totally. Unreal. That's really funny. Oh, yeah. We are just learning so much about your psyche already. (laughs) And I, and I, I don't know, I guess... 
I guess we're always going through those different phases, right? Where certain times we we do feel more, we do need that community. We always need community, but like, I think the more that you get to know yourself and the more in tune with yourself you are, you start to recognize what you need in that exact moment and what you, you know, do you need to spend more time alone in nature, in a mountain, you know, mm-hmm. that snow leopard um, self, or are you more tuning into that playfulness, that dolphin? Like, like what are you needing at that particular time? Because they're all different aspects of ourself. And even tuning into, you know, spirit animals or power animals, like we have different animals that come in throughout our journey to help us along our way. Exactly. So it's, um, as we're always changing and evolving, like they're matching us and tuning into us as yeah. well. This is why I wanted to do the rapid fires first with you because <laughs> you are so much like me and all these questions are like, you get them. Like mm. you're excited about them just like I am. Totally. Um, that's why I knew that this would be fun. And everybody listening, and not everybody, but most people listening are similar to us as mm-hmm. well. So it's just like all of us hanging out, talking about all the things we love. So you're a great person to ask this question to. I cannot wait to see where your answer is. Um, do you have a favorite crystal? Ooh, how did I know that was going to be your next question? <laughs> I, okay, I'm going to give a two-part answer to that. The first crystal that I first like fell in love with was a labradorite. And it was, I say love in terms of this stone truthfully really got me through a very transitional period of my life and a lot of growth and was very instrumental in me working with crystals in a, like a really deeper way. But the stone now that I take with me everywhere and is one of my deep allies is a Lemurian shaman heart. It actually looks like the shape of, of a human heart. Like it actually has this, the same shape it looks similar to a smoky quartz, but it also doesn't really look like anything that you would notice even passing by like on a mountain. Like it just kind of looks like a nondescript rock. But this stone to me is, takes me truthfully straight back to like Lemuria. And it has this like really, really, really ancient wisdom and depth to it that I just love also in terms of it's not aesthetically beautiful, but yet it holds this immense, immense power and information and wisdom that you can tune into if you're tuning into the subtleties and if you're and if you're looking beyond and feeling into beyond what your eyes are showing you. Wow. That sounds beautiful. It's a cool I need one. to see it. Yeah, I'll show you. And I love Labradorite too. I had this beautiful Labradorite plate from Ooh, Energy Muse. Beautiful. They gave it to me when they came on the podcast mm-hmm. and they felt into what I needed and mm-hmm. it was like exactly what I needed. And I used it as kind of a platter for the rest of my crystals. Beautiful. And when we moved, it broke. Because it was so delicate. Yeah. I didn't even realize how delicate it was. I still have what did it. You do I with mean, that? it's in pieces. Um, I have, I think, all of the pieces or at least most of them. They're still pretty. It's just not, I mean, it was so, it was so striking. Like, well, and maybe I, I think I also, you know, crystals break for specific reasons too. Yeah. And, and I think that, yes, it's very delicate. And, and there, but there also is a message and a lesson in that for, um, for you particularly of like maybe that stone or, or how it was in that form that it came to you in 
had done its job, right? And it's like ready to be moved on. Maybe it, maybe different pieces of that go to different places that you live. Like maybe if you're moving to these different places, you can put one in, you know, in Ohio. You can put one in these right. other places. You could bury them in the earth. They could be an offering. They could, you could give them to a friend. You can like these pieces from this particular one piece can go in many different areas. That makes sense because it was really given to me as a part of like from my home and I lived alone and moving into this new space, building a home Mm. as more of like a family. Mm. Maybe it had served its job. And that's so interesting. I didn't think about it that way. And maybe it could even be part, I don't know, maybe, maybe you could give parts of that plate or parts of that stone to other girlfriends that are living on their right. own right no, now. I, or I or it, can, that it has idea. that energy of, you know, because Labradorite, truthfully, I feel like really tunes us into this deeper sense of self within and that magical, mystical sense of self within. And oftentimes that is done in solo work, right? Where we're kind of really diving into our depths and our magic, um, oftentimes by yourself. Um and I just love that idea of you kind of like leaving these places or these these pieces of this stone, either with girlfriends or throughout the world, wherever you're journeying. Yeah, that's so cool. I do have a lot of like all of my most of my very close friends, girlfriends are single. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe giving them a piece of tuning into, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying they're single because they haven't tuned into themselves. Yeah. I think a lot of them have but they're looking for their person and you can never go too deep within yourself. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much room Mm -hmm. to explore, which brings me to my next question. Mm -hmm. Speaking of relationships, you're married Mm -hmm. and Ben has a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Jonathan told me that. I didn't even, I didn't even, I think I knew, but I forgot because I don't think of him that way for some reason. Yeah. Um, Tell us how you guys met. We met, um, we met at the Cannes Film Festival, actually. Oh, yeah. This is the coolest story ever. It's kind of a wild story. Meeting Um, meeting there, first of all, is just the most epic way to meet your life partner. It was very magical. It was, it was really magical. And I kind of have to give both of us props for like (laughs) selecting a really fun place to meet. Um, Yeah. So I was there working and I was working for a fashion company at the time and setting up dressing suites for actors and actresses that were there for the festival. And then Ben was there for work as well. And we got introduced through friends. Truthfully, I I got his number the first night and then didn't really call him because I just was busy with work and like not even thinking about it. And I just kind of, I don't know, and then he found my number, asked me out. We went on a date and it was just kind of like on. Like it was just with her like first kiss under the rain, like on cobblestone streets. And he was wearing a tux. I was in some gown. Like it was really wow. wild. It was actually like really kind of wild. And we just had a really amazing, fun week. And, you know, there's something, it's funny. I, t- I remember texting one of my girlfriends right when I got there. and. I said, I'm, I don't know why, but I have this feeling that I'm going to meet my husband here. <sighs> Granted, and I, and I laugh, we laugh about this because like I tell him this, I literally thought my husband was going to be some like 
40-year-old Frenchman that right. lived in Paris and I was going to move to Paris right. with him. And, you know, it was, my husband was in a different package than I imagined, but it was just, I couldn't imagine anything and anything different. And it was just the second, it was just on. And it's been so easy and so simple and so he's just home. And it was just that instant connection of home. And I knew on that first night of us like dancing that we would be dancing at our wedding. And it was a really wild feeling. And there was never really a question. It was just kind of, it sounds so cliche, but, but it really, when you know, you know, right. When you know, you know, yeah. And there's no games and you know, it just, yeah. So that's how we met. That's the best. And actually hearing you tell the story, I think Eliza introduced you yes, guys, right? And she introduced yes. you and me, which is also oh so gosh, funny. That is really funny. I know. She's a good Eliza, connector. Yeah, she's a great connector. Yeah. yeah, we yeah, we connected through friends. And uh, do you know Katie? No. Okay. So she was another yeah, so it was just we got connected through friends, which is I think is a really fun way to it meet is. us. Is. Yeah, yeah. It is. Because when so you funny. have mutual people in common, mm-hmm. that's one great mm-hmm. step to Maybe knowing that yeah. you surround yourself with similar types of people. Totally. And I will, I just want to say something really quick because I get asked this a lot from people of like, how did you meet your husband? Like, how did you kind of attract that and and whatnot? And I remember before we met, I had been doing this meditation of, and I think we've talked about this before, but we've often been told of like, okay, write a list of the characteristics that you want in a person. And I had done that and I had attracted that person that I wrote down on the list. And, but then someone, and this was like a long time, this was a while ago, but someone, you know, talked about how do you want to feel? How is that feeling? Like, what is it that you want to feel in a partnership? And I really meditated on that. And I really kept tuning into that of like, how does, how does my partner feel in my body, in my cells, in my heart, in my like, body. How does that feel? And when I met Ben and when I met him and we were together, that feeling was familiar. So it was that feeling. So it was like, you just instant, I instantly knew because that was the feeling that I had been wanting to feel. And so it was just this really cool practice of tuning into vibrations and tuning into feelings and tuning into that harmony and what that feels like in your body. And then seeing that in a physical form. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's such a good, mm-hmm. tangible tip for people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people listening are looking for their person. And I love hearing that because yeah. it's almost like a other lifetime kind of familiarity that you're totally, describing. Totally. Um, which I know is something that you and I are both big believers in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Ben is too. Jonathan will like come along with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I've gotten him to actually agree like that we must have been together yeah. in many lifetimes because we have. Yeah. But I don't know. For, for sometimes it can be a little bit harder for the partner to see it. Definitely. It's funny. I remember actually giving Ben... I don't think he's read it yet, but Many Lives, Many Masters. <laughs> oh, right. No, <laughs> no. He just kind of like, it's more like I'm just talking to him yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. And he'll, at first he thought like it was just crazy or entertaining or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's just Jordan. Um, but I think he's gotten <laughs> to the point now because our love is so yeah. deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's comforting to him yeah. to 
to know we'll be together yes. again, yes. like in many lifetimes. Yes. Like there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So totally. Ben's the same way. I mean, he'll definitely say lifetimes before. And I think he, he definitely, yeah, he definitely tunes into that and knows that. But in, but in a kind of a diff- funny way, like Jonathan. Right, like, right. And it's, yeah, I mean, I always say as long as they support what you're, what you love and what you're into, they don't have to be into it. It's actually beautiful. I think we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. to have a partner who is so grounded, Mm -hmm. so different from our very ethereal selves because we can really, really, really go out there and I remember you saying one time, if it weren't for him, you'd probably be living in the Amazon jungle. One, one thousand percent. Maybe you're not yeah. meant to be right yeah. now. Yeah. So it's amazing to have that polarity. And it's really fun because I think too, I was having lunch with the girlfriend yesterday and she was like, my husband's on the radio and, and, and he has a show with ESPN. And so he's, he's in the sports world. And she was like, I love hearing him talk about energy and talk about you know, he came with me when I was in Hawaii and like swam with the dolphins and talking about different ideas and ways of being in an area that wouldn't normally be open to that. So it's really cool how, it's really cool how we're very different, but yet we've, you know, we both have our magic and medicine for each other and like it infiltrates each other in different ways. Yeah. Where it's like, he's helping me to also stay grounded in this world, you know, and I feel like I'm also helping him come back to himself in that spiritual yes. way and then and then be able to share that message in his own way, you know? Exactly. Well, our relationships are very similar in that way, which is, I, I mean, it's like so not surprising. The words don't even need to be said because you and I have so many crazy similarities, mm-hmm. which actually um, talk for a second about the book that you were telling me about, The Contracts of Souls. Oh, Sacred Contracts. I think people listening will like this. So it's Carolyn Miss, and she's incredible. She's written, did you read Anatomy of the Spirit? Yeah, that's the only book of hers that I've read, but I loved it. And I'm loving, she reads her books on Audible. So if you listen to the Audible of the book, she actually reads it in her voice and her mannerisms, which are just amazing because she's very direct. um, And she's speaking to these very etheric metaphysical topics, but she has, she speaks in such a direct manner. I just love how she delivers it. Anyway, sacred contracts. So she talks about essentially this overarching idea that we sign up for different contracts before we come into body. So before we come into body, before we come into this earth, we also, we have a idea of what we're coming to explore and different themes that we're coming to explore. And she talks about maybe someone's coming to explore the theme or the idea of forgiveness and what forgiveness means and you know how to really dive deep into that notion of forgiveness as a soul. And so to really understand that idea of forgiveness then, you're going to have to have someone to forgive, right? So then you set up these contracts with other souls in your soul family or in your soul in, in the field around you, that these souls will come forth then and say, okay, I love you so much as a soul, as a being, mm-hmm. that I will choose to help you through this journey of forgiveness. 
I love you so much that I'm going to come in and do something or, or be someone that may be challenging to you or may do something that will upset you for you to be able to dive in deeper to that theme of forgiveness, right? So it's this idea that we set up nothing is random and that we set up these contracts with different people throughout our journey to help us along the way. Certain souls come in as guides or as helpers or as beings that help us through different themes. And I feel like you and I, it's like we're always going through a very similar, we have a lot of parallels, which I, and like the second that we met each other, it was just like, yes, yes. And I'm going through this and I'm going through this. And it's always just been a really amazing relationship of helping each other through these, like navigating through our journeys, going through our own process of them, but supporting each other along the way and being these allies. And it was always just, she talks a lot about just that soul recognition and that people in your soul family of when you have a contract with someone, you generally instantly recognize them and it's a feeling. And either it's a feeling of familiarity of like, oh, I know this person or they feel really good or there's just something that like feels really familiar or also there's something that like is really triggering right away. And that's usually when you know that you have a contract with someone and if it's neutral, then you really don't have a contract with them. Or if you kind of have a hard time remembering them and and not in like a, they're not important way, but just in a way of like, maybe there's not work to be done between the two of you. Right. Which is just an interesting. Right. Oh my God. That's so. Yeah. It's interesting. Yes. I really, and she, and she really dives deep into archetypes and archetypal systems. And it's a really, it's a really in-depth and fascinating way of, of structure and how the universe is organized and how our lives are organized and how nothing is random. And I truly believe that. And then a lot of people have a hard time with that, I think. But mm-hmm. I'm always looking for the deeper meaning and message as, as you are with symbols and with signs, but also these overall themes of archetypes and contracts and, and the whys. I need to read that. I really do. I mean, she's amazing. That's so cool. And I do believe that our souls have a contract because first of all, nothing's random, but just the way that, I mean, I don't think I've ever said, same here. Me too. So much with someone. Then with like you, it's like, okay, wild well, like, things. <laughs> okay, well, we were both in Hawaii at the same time. We both then wanted to move there and like search for houses. Not sure if it's the right time. We both have these like partners who are supportive about that, but also their careers are here. I could go on, but mm-hmm. there's so much. Always. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. Amazing. It's amazing. So <laughs> we'll go back to the question, the rapid fires later, because um, we, you and I definitely could go on with these forever. <laughs> um, but I really want to talk about Astara. And really, that's like the, your big focus right now, yeah. although you're you're still doing a lot and you are a lot of things, which I love. <laughs> um, so tell us about Astara and we'll go from there. Yeah. So Astara is my baby. Astara is a luxury wellness grounding footwear line that I just launched a few months ago. And it works with the properties of crystalline technology as well as a grounding technology in the sole of the shoe 
that resonates at 7.83 hertz, which is the same frequency as the earth. So it's called the Schumann resonance. And as we know, earthing and grounding is very supportive to the body and helps with harmony within the body, decreases inflammation, helps the body adjust to stress, helps you sleep. It really just attunes us to that natural vibration of the earth. So these shoes truthfully came out of a desire to create something that I needed. As we were talking about before, like I have, you know, a lot of air in my chart and I like to be here, there and everywhere. And I sometimes, you know, have a hard time grounding in. That's a lot of my medicine is really slowing down and getting back to that earth time and tuning into, tuning into nature really. Um, And this shoe line has been birthed out of that out of a need to also protect myself from electromagnetic radiation as being very sensitive and empathic. I was noticing my health failing several years ago. And um, about seven years ago, I started looking into grounding and earthing. And there's a book out called Earthing. And at that time, it had kind of been the like, only book that was really talking about it. And it was really fascinating to me. So I started getting, this was about seven years ago, six years ago, I started getting these mats for under my computer. At that time, I was working a corporate job and I was in an office all day long by computers and by electronics and phones and that lovely fluorescent lighting. <laughs> and um, and so I, get, I started getting these grounding mats for under my computer. And then at home, I would put them under my bed as well. And I started noticing a little bit of a difference. And then And then I thought to myself, okay, well, this is great for when I'm at the office, but then what about when I leave? I have my phone on me all the time. You know, we're in our cars. We have Bluetooth in our cars. Like we're constantly, you can't walk into a Starbucks without having Wi-Fi on, right? We're just constantly flooded with these streams. So I started looking into, okay, how can I ground into the earth when I'm just walking around? At that time, I was working for a luxury footwear line. I was doing PR and marketing. So I wanted a shoe that was aesthetically beautiful and was style focused rather than just utility focused. And there had been two shoe companies out at that time that were grounding and earthing shoes, but they definitely weren't style focused. Like they were um, more utility focused. So I had the idea then to create a shoe that would be grounding and, and earthing not knowing like what I wanted to do with it. It was just one of those ideas that came in and I was like, oh, cool. That would be amazing. Like, how do we do that? Kind of forgot about it. And then once I left that job, fully dived into the wellness and healing world and have, you know, studied herbalism and Reiki and energy healing and yoga and was teaching meditation and teaching crystal classes. And, and have studied them extensively yes. like <laughs> compared to, I would say, a lot of people. Like yeah. you're actually an herbalist. You <laughs> went to school for a year. Mm-hmm. You're a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. So you dive deep into the things that you yes. learn, yes. which is something you should give yourself a lot of credit for because it takes a lot of Thank you. energy and time and effort. It's amazing. I love, I mean as I think you do as well, I'm passionate about it. I love it. And, and it's also, it's become fascinated and obsessed with, with healing and with energy and, and with getting closer to myself and getting closer to, to who we are and to our higher selves. And as a, you know, city babe, it's like, how can we 
still live a modern life, but then connect to the earth and connect to nature. And that was truthfully where this shoe line was birthed from. And I've taken a step back a little bit from teaching as much as I'm teaching through this through this line of, okay, how can we live intentionally and how can we ground in deeper to nature, even living in a city and like, what does that look like? So each shoe has a different crystal on them. And, and then the metal tab in the, in the sole of the shoe that resonates at the frequency of the earth. So you have the healing components of the, of the crystals and all of them have been cleansed and Reiki charged and I put them out in the moon and they're very super powered and a lot of intention and love has been put into them. And then they're all vegetable tan leather and made in downtown Los Angeles. The packaging is hundred percent sustainable. Like it's been really important to me from truthfully from conception to actual physical product that I wasn't taking away from the earth, that I, that I was actually giving back and that, you know, it was actually really hard to make a recycled shoe box. Yeah. I'm actually looking at it because we have one sitting over here since you brought me some shoes <laughs> and it kind of blows my mind that you were able to do that. I mean, of course, like that was something that you were going to make sure that you did. Yeah. But it still, it looks like any other shoe box. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it was a little bit more frustrating. And I think every step of the way, you know, it would have been quicker and faster and cheaper to mm-hmm. do it another way. And it was really important to me to keep the integrity that I that I wanted to with this product every step of the way. And I think that's the challenge that, you know, many of us are in now, especially in the product space, is that we're not yet at the point that we have to keep we have to keep making noise and we have to keep like raising our voices especially to the packaging industry and the manufacturers of like okay no this is actually we we want to use toxic free dye you know which sounds crazy but like the dye in the boxes is non-toxic mm-hmm. so how can we and if it and if it is toxic just think about it so it's like we have all of these packaging we have all these boxes that have these toxic dyes in them and the shoe becomes toxic the shoe becomes toxic the shoe then goes back into the earth, which like pollutes the earth. It just, it creates this whole ecosystem that is just not sustainable, you know, and and, and we, it's not sustainable at all. And and so I think it, we don't even think about that until you're actually making it. And as a consumer, we don't think about it. No. We really don't think about it. So I think it's, you know, I think it's the responsibility of both the business and and the manufacturer, but as well as the consumer to to be asking these questions and and what are these materials that we're using and what are we putting back into the earth and because it does matter, it really does matter. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's not the it's easy way to go. No, I think that's really interesting and such a great thing for people to know. Something that I didn't necessarily think yeah. about at all especially because shoes nothing touches the earth more Mm -hmm. than people walking on their feet on shoes so talk a little bit more about emfs and how they affected your body and then how your shoes are helping people with that yeah so my truthfully my biggest symptom with that i notice i just get really bad brain fog really bad memory and anxiety. I don't sleep very well. 
my joints start to hurt. So if I've been on my computer a lot or I'm talking on the phone or I've been on my phone all day long or I'm traveling, that's when my symptoms would flare. And it's this overwhelming exhaustion, this fatigue, this like I can't even do anything. I get really muddled. I can't put a conversation or a sentence together. Like it just gets really, um, I get really foggy. When I'm wearing the shoes now, I think for me, really the biggest time that I notice it is with traveling. So with flying before I would land and I would feel exhausted, I would feel drained. I would feel like I just kind of went through a wild experience. And now I I land and I feel like myself. I just feel balanced. Maybe I'm a little bit tired because, you know, you get dehydrated as well when you're traveling, but I feel more even. And it's, it's this feeling of balance. I always liken it to, you know, when you go and stand in the grass or you take a walk on the beach, you don't get this instant jolt of energy. Like it's not this like jolt of energy to your body. It's more of this subtle, just grounding and balancing and just your nervous system calms and you just settle into this space of peace. So that's truthfully where, um, where these shoes are and and what they're doing to the body. That's so amazing. Yeah. And they're so beautiful. Thank you. They're strikingly beautiful. Thank you. So everyone, if you haven't seen them, you have to go look them up on your Instagram, but we'll give all that at the end of the episode. But they're so beautiful. Thank you, I'm just so excited for you to be on this journey. Thank you. It's been so fun. Okay, just a brief interruption from this conversation with Mariah to talk about our second sponsor for today's episode, Thrive Market. So Thrive, you guys know I get basically everything on Thrive when it comes to grocery and home supplies and beauty and non-toxic, everything, everything. Um, I love them. And they have a fabulous offer for our Soul on Fire audience. You will get 25% off of your first order with Thrive plus a free 30-day trial on their website when you go to thrivemarket.com slash blonde. That's thrivemarket.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E. So keep in mind, Thrive Market's prices are already up to 50% off. So this extra 25% off gives you an absolutely massive deal. So now when you go to my special landing page, which we'll put in the show notes, you can shop all of my personal favorite things on Thrive Market. So a couple of those things are obviously a Cocoa Kind skincare. My good friend Priscilla has her skincare on Thrive and I get my matcha stick, which is not makeup, but it's the only thing I use is like a semi-highlighter moisturizer type thing under my eyes and on my cheekbones every single day. I also use her organic facial oil, which I get on Thrive Market. I get Eating Evolved chocolate. They have the midnight dark chocolate that's completely sugar-free. So it fits in with my salt oil sugar-free lifestyle. We also have a couple other things on my page that are Jonathan's favorites like artisana coconut butter, basically anything artisana 
Primal Kitchen Ranch, which is made with avocado oil and it's totally vegan and pecan butter and all sorts of other things. I even have my favorite tongue scraper on there for my Ayurvedic practice of scraping my tongue every morning and every evening. So Thrive Market's really special for a lot of different reasons. If none of the products that I just mentioned stand out to you, you can just go ahead to their site and shop around. You can search by category. You can search by product. If there's something specific that you're looking for, you can search by vegan, non-GMO, paleo, sustainable, keto, all those different things. They also have fresh meat and seafood that's 100% grass-fed and antibiotic-free. So they have something for every lifestyle. So head to thrivemarket.com, use that code BLONDE, or go to thrivemarket.com slash blonde, it's not actually a code, to get that amazing discount, 25% off, and tag me in your Instagram stories like you guys are so good at doing so I can see what you end up getting and tell me how much you love it. Okay, just one more brief interruption from this conversation to talk about our fabulous, fabulous sponsor that we all love, a brand that I've been working with on the blog for so many years, Hum Nutrition. And I just have to even stop on this ad for a second to tell you guys that Hudson just came and sat directly on my lap. So I think that he loves Hum Nutrition too. How could he not? Hum Nutrition is the wonderful line of beauty supplements that I have been using, like I said, for years, ever since they reached out to me on my blog back in the day. You guys are always asking for my go-tos when it comes to supplements for sleep and beauty and skin and nails and hair and all that good stuff. And I literally get all of my supplements except for the ones that I order from my doctor on humnutrition.com. We do have a special deal, just like we do for all the brands I talk about in the podcast, and that is the code SOUL at checkout, S-O-U-L, for 20% off of anything and everything from Hum Nutrition. The really cool thing is when you go to their site, you can choose to ask a registered dietitian specific questions and work with a nutritionist on their website who can help you formulate the exact supplement or supplement regime that works for you. So something that I'm loving right now, I know I've talked about this supplement before, but I truly use it every day and it's fabulous. On Hum Nutrition is their daily cleanse. It really makes me feel like I'm detoxing through my liver and through my detoxification pathways, which are really compromised for me after being so sick and recently having surgery and all those things that make it really, really hard for me to detox things like anesthesia and mold and things that I currently am dealing with out of my body. So Daily Cleanse is a really, really good supplement for me on that spectrum. They also have this amazing and super cute because their branding is all very, very cute collagen pop, which you put right into your water. It makes your water like fizzy and pink and it's full of collagen and vitamin C, which is an amazing skin boost. So you really can't go wrong with Hum Nutrition. They're one of my longtime favorites for a very, very, very big reason. 
and all their products are very trustworthy. They're non-GMO, gluten-free, pure and potent, sustainably sourced, and clinically proven. So they're very premium quality. They have whatever you're really looking to supplement in your lifestyle, whether that be sleep or weight or hair or skin or glowing from the inside out or omegas then they have what you're looking for. So head to humnutrition.com and use the code SOUL to get 20%. As a sensitive person with a sensitive body, how have you handled now being a business owner Mm. and traveling all the time, going to New York, going to your factory downtown? How are you handling that with your body? It was a little bit challenging, to be honest. I was finding in the beginning, I was staying up late and that's a really hard one for me. Like once my sleep cycle starts to get off, I get all thrown off and then I go on that loop of coffee in the morning, potentially coffee in the afternoon. And then my nervous system and my adrenals are just shot. And then you're going on this whole other cycle the next day. So for me, it has really become about getting to bed at like, a normalish time, hopefully before 11 p.m. In my dream world, it's like 9.30 and not being on my phone or computer very late at night. So I'm, I get up really early. Like I get up at 5.30 or 6 and go through my whole morning routine and meditate. And once I have that time to myself to kind of ground in and to do my morning routine, then I'll get to emails and and work early. And I, and I've just found a rhythm that I work better in the mornings and not staying up late. So that's truthfully been, I think, a big ticket for this. What is your morning routine? My morning routine? Um, I always pull cards every morning. So I pull cards. I meditate for, truthfully, I've been meditating for about an hour every morning. Yeah, it just kind of, um, I go through different visualizations and sometimes I'll do mantras and then sometimes I'll I'll just sit and meditate for a while. So it kind of depends on energetically how I'm feeling. And then I go through, I'll do a little bit of light stretching. I always do my copper tongue scraper, brush Mm -hmm. my teeth, do either celery juice before I sit down or I'll just do like a hot water with lemon um, before I sit down and meditate. And then after that, I'll make my celery juice and I have celery juice every morning. And 20 minutes later, I'll make my smoothie and then get about my day. Sounds like the best morning. It is a good morning. But that takes some dedication to wake up that early. Definitely. I think it's one of those things where I, and maybe this is where the snow leopard's coming in, but (laughs) I like that time to be alone. And I like that time for myself. And there's always been something about before the sun rises and a lot of different traditions speak to this as well. I mean, in Kundalini and Buddhism, like a lot of different traditions speak to the period between Ayurvedic 4 and 6 a.m., that it is this activation and it is this natural energy rising. And I notice a major difference when I get up at that time or when I get up later that I just feel better. Like I feel like I'm working with the natural rhythms rather than working against it or or late, Mm -hmm. if you will. Absolutely. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Ideally, I'm the same way, but I don't get to bed that early. Yeah. Like it's hard. It's so hard. It's the complete opposite. So he likes to stay up late. Mm -hmm. Like he likes to stay up late and do work late at night. And so then we kind of get into this 
you know, where we're not going to bed at the same time or waking up at the same time, which can be hard sometimes. Right. But you just, that's how you gotta do what work. works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan just doesn't require very much sleep at all. So he goes to bed <sighs> later than me and that wakes up earlier than me. Way. Yeah. It's, it's something that I envy. I think too, I it's know, like, I can be a very masculine <laughs> thing. Well, I love sleeping, but I love, I mean, I envy the energy. Like, mm. Jonathan could easily be at the office until like yep. one in the morning yep. and then be back at like five if he had to. But it is that masculine energy, right? It's that like go, it's that pushing, it's that active. It's as it, that is a very masculine energy mm-hmm. and it's the sun. It's that, it's that fire, right? And as, as the feminine energy is more receptive, more inward, more quiet, like more receptive, like right. it's just different energy. Exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> that's so funny that that that's how both of them are. But that's amazing. Your morning routine is lovely. I can see how that would definitely help fight brain fog and everything yeah. else. Um, I could take a page out of your book. My brain is so foggy. I mean, that's a huge probably from being on the computer so much. So I cannot wait to wear your shoes all the time. Do you do blue blockers? glasses. Mm-hmm. It does yeah. That help? yeah, it does. Yeah. I just started doing it. Um, no, I think really for me, it's mostly from Lyme yeah. and from being sick. Yeah. Um, just such a huge yeah. part of struggling with that. And I know that you too suffer from yeah. autoimmune mm-hmm. issues. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I... I've kind of always had like... I always had digestive issues, if you will. Like I, I've been pretty much gluten-free and dairy-free for going on 10 years. Um, and 10 years ago, gluten-free was not as easy to do as it is now. Um, so they never really knew what it was. And then about four years ago, they diagnosed me with Hashimoto's, um, which is a thyroid condition. And then that kind of trickled into endometriosis, which flared up probably about three years ago. And That really had been, I think what's frustrating for a lot of people is that these symptoms, when you don't quite have a diagnosis for what it is, and you know this very well, and we've talked about this, but when you don't have a diagnosis and you just have these symptoms and you're like, I'm not feeling well, it's very frustrating. And I remember saying, like, I feel like the healthiest sick person. Like I was doing all the things and nobody understood it because they're like, what are you talking about? You're the healthiest person. Mm -hmm. And I just kept saying my memory, like my memory is going. Like I was like, I couldn't, my short-term memory, my, even my long-term memory was, and it kind of scared me. Like I couldn't remember anything. And then my joints started hurting and I was a professional dancer before. And so I couldn't, like my, my body wasn't feeling well. And I just felt too young to be feeling this way. So that really, I started diving into, I mean, talking about, you know, diving into the different modalities that that I've studied is that that's really what it is. It's like, how can I better understand my body and, and healing and what that looks like? And then to be able to share that information with others. And the Hashimoto's is, now pretty much under control. I mean, I had my levels tested about six months ago and they were completely gone. They were completely fine, which is amazing. And then the endometriosis is healing at this point. Like we just talked about, I'm really recognizing how much my environment and my stress levels 
are connected to flare-ups. And as we talked about EMFs and we talked about stress, it's really directly related to that. When I was in Hawaii this summer for an extended period of time in the water every single day, barefoot every single day, really connecting and communing with nature all the time, I felt amazing. Um, I wasn't on my computer. I wasn't around a lot of cell phone towers. And, and then when I got back to the city, symptoms flared back up again. So it's a really interesting, um, I truthfully think that we're just barely scratching the surface on this conversation. And, and in three to five years, it's going to be a major topic of conversation because research is now starting to come out about it. Whereas maybe even a year ago, it was still pretty fringe. Mm-hmm. And it's also something that we've, you know, we're a society that's addicted to our cell phones. We're addicted right. to technology, truthfully. We are. Totally. And so people don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like how meditation was a couple of years ago where people were like, uh, yeah, sure, I need to meditate, but right. like, I'm not going to because they were afraid of it. Right? right. And now it's like, okay, we probably need to get away from our phones a little bit, but people aren't yet ready to hear that. Mm -hmm. So it is a conversation that I think is very important for this time and and hopefully one that we can continue to open up and expand. And yeah, just to get away from technology a little bit, I think is so important for all of us, but especially people who are sick and different things coming out. Like, did you see on Netflix, Afflicted? Yes. That struck me so Mm -hmm. deeply. Everybody listening, if you're interested in this kind of stuff and you haven't seen it, Mm -hmm. you should watch it. I mean, it's a depressing show. And when I've told certain people about it, they're like, oh my God, I don't want to watch that. But it's it's not ignorance. Well, it's real life. It's real life. And truthfully, that's how I feel. I feel like most of those people. And they've totally. definitely come to a place where they're sicker than sick. They can't really be in society anymore. And I think a lot of us who can still turn it around before we get to that point um, are waking up to yeah. how real this yeah. is. And to be able to have these conversations. I mean, and I think it's a great, it's a great show to be able to tell to have people watch that don't understand it because I think people don't understand it unless you're experiencing it. And certain people that are more sensitive to it or have these underlying viruses or illnesses that are triggered by, by it, they understand, but other people that aren't experiencing that don't understand. People just don't. I mean, even some of the doctors in the show didn't understand. Yeah. Still kind of saying things like, well, this could be in the patient's head. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you feel these things, yeah. you know that couldn't be further from yeah. the truth. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I know we've both been there, yeah. which is why we've gone to the ends of the earth yeah. to try to figure it out, seen every healer. Yeah. We even went to a healer together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll just continue to try anything we can. Yeah. I think I think you just continue to dive in. And, and I think that there is, you know, it really is, tuning back in, all of our ancestors walked around barefoot and they had that deep connection with the earth and they understood that the earth, that, you know, Pachamama, Mother Gaia was, is healing and that we can be healed by nature and that we can be healed with those natural rhythms. And even NASA astronauts, like they are connected to 
a machine that resonates at that Schumann resonance, that resonates at that hertz, that 7.83 hertz, because when they are disconnected from the earth's energy, then their health starts to fail. Like Mm -hmm. we are, we chose, I believe that we chose this planet to inhabit, but also to learn from and to grow from and to, and to help heal and we need the earth. Truthfully, the earth doesn't need us, right. but we need her. And we we need that that nourishment that she provides. And when we become so disconnected from her, our health starts to fail. And I think it's a really interesting idea of just conceptually as a society of when we disconnect ourselves from the from the hand that feeds us, right? Mm-hmm. And like then what happens and we don't feel good and then all of these things start to get triggered and start to fail and you know, hopefully, hopefully it does bring us back to nature and hopefully it does bring us back to that communion. And I was seeing the other night, because I was doing some research on EMF safe and EMF free like communities. And there's these, oh, right. there's these EMF safe like huts and homes that are around and these communities that are right. miles from cell phone towers for people that are very, very sensitive to it. But it is interesting. I mean, we are starting to see like an exodus, I think, from the city of people wanting to move. I mean, you and I, case in point, talking about this in terms Mm -hmm. of like needing and wanting to move away from the city and be closer to nature and and feel that because it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot living in a city. Yeah. It really, really is just for our bodies Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's unreal. And that woman in um, the documentary, Afflicted, she mm-hmm. went and lived in the EMF-free oh, town, like away from her husband and her kids because yep. she had yep. to. And I wonder how she's doing now. But I thought that that was so interesting that there's even a place like that for people to go. Yeah. I mean, I think that they... It, it feels like that's, it feels very apocalyptic, right? Where it's like it almost like these like communities that are I so think it far. it really scares people Yeah, it's reason. like Mad Max. It's but, like this whole thing of being so far removed from quote unquote society, but. It's what you got to do if you're really sick and can't function. 1,000%. 1,000%. And it, but it also raises the question of, okay, then why as a society are we creating, like we've gotten so far removed from. Mm-hmm from that natural balance. Right. I know. I know. I can only hope that from here at the peak of technology and everything we have around us, people will see Mm -hmm. you can have both and and to step away from this and get back to the earth and everything that was really culminating up until this point with technology and creation and Apple and like all the things that we have. I can only hope it will go back down the other way yeah. and swing the other way. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and that was truthfully too, but with, with Astara, with the shoes, it's like, okay, you have to wear shoes. Like at some point we had to put shoes on. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you're not barefoot, hopefully like what's the, what's the next best option? Right. You know, like what, let me create a shoe. That's like the next best option to being barefoot. Cause barefoot, hundred percent. Yeah. All feels the time. So good. feels so good. It's the healthiest. Right. But when you can't be barefoot, then how can we still connect to the earth radiance? Because I think so many people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah, I think so too. Absolutely. Oh yeah, something I wanted to touch on. My brain was like, wait, there was something I wanted to touch on before we went back to the rapid fires. It was just the fact, because we were talking about this a bit before we recorded, 
doing so many things and not necessarily Mm. having that one thing. Like probably a lot of people listening can relate with social media and websites and businesses and everything else. Sometimes society makes us feel like we have to be one thing, Mm -hmm. like Jordan, the yoga teacher Mm -hmm. or Jordan, the wellness author or whatever, but that's like way too broad too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know we've both kind of struggled with that because we're passionate about so many things. So how do you deal with that? Well, it's funny because as you were talking about that, I am also tuning into, and what keeps coming to me right now too, is just how it's almost like society either wants us to be one thing and like focus on that one thing. And you need to be, like you were saying, the wellness author or the yoga girl or whatever it is. It's like they want us to fit into the specific space. And when I started teaching meditation years ago, everyone was like, you are, you have to be like the meditation right. girl. The and I was like, but that's not all that I do. And that's not all that I believe in. And there's all of these other facets of my life holistically that add to the whole, right? It's not, that's like taking like one piece of the pie when like there's all of these other things going on. But also in the same breath, it's a really interesting time because I also think that we're taught to be, that we have to be everything, Mm -hmm. right? It's like so much of it, it's like, you have to have five businesses and an amazing relationship and a great house and like travel all the time and all of this stuff. And you're just like, okay, who has time for any of this? Right. And so you end up feeling like, I think both of those archetypes or both of those stereotypes make you feel like you're either not enough or not doing enough, mm-hmm. or it makes you feel like you're pigeonholed into something that doesn't quite speak to the totality of who you are. Mm-hmm. So I guess my, I don't know. I mean, I guess my answer to that is just continuing to follow what lights you up in that moment. Totally. And, you know, there's part of me that feel that had felt in the past of like, well, maybe if I just stuck to teaching meditation that I would be at X or Y point in my career. But truthfully, had I not had my career as a dancer, as a, you know, fashion publicist, as then all of like the studies that I've dived into in the wellness world, I wouldn't have been able to speak or even conceive the shoe line. So it's almost like that then brings all together all of the other things that I was interested in. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if yeah. that answers your question no, it at does. all. I think it it's makes, just kind of... It, it totally answers the question because you're right. There's the flip side of that mm-hmm. question too, which is like, oh, you're just a yoga teacher yes. kind of thing. Yes. Um, so which I is think so people funny. struggle on, on both sides because yeah. for me, it's like, no, I don't have that problem with like, oh, I should be doing more. It's like, no, I should hone in on mm-hmm. my passions and my interests if I want to like be yep. the go-to. But then I realized I-, I do what I do because I love it mm-hmm. and I love all these different things. So teaching yoga, blogging, podcasting, writing books, writing poetry, yeah. whatever, traveling, like I will keep adding to that list. But I don't have to be like the yoga no, girl. No, because, and also it's like you're, think about you just like holographically, you as you. There's so many facets that make you, you. And 
you're speaking and tuning into all of them. And the more that we, I feel like the more that we consciously evolve, the more that we're, and not to get too esoteric out there, but like we're calling in all of these lifetimes, past, present, and future. And we're integrating them into who we are now. And I think that it speaks to us as a whole being rather than fragmented. Because yes, Jordan, the yoga teacher, is one aspect of you. And you could you could own that fully, but that's also only one aspect of you. You have all of these other aspects that you're calling in and drawing in. And in this concept of space and time, we're also able to tune in and call in these other lifetimes that we've had in the past that we've had either even in different dimensions or realities, we can call them in at this time right now. And that to me makes me feel like a more embodied whole being rather than living out like one fragment of that or one lifetime of that. It makes me feel like I'm calling in and drawing in all of those lifetimes into one experience. And that to me just feels more colorful. Definitely. It's so fun to dive into everything that you love and that lights you up and that you're passionate about. And it makes sense that we're multifaceted Mm -hmm. beings with Mm -hmm other lifetimes and other dimensions and these things are going to drop in and you can kind of take them as hits from your intuition or not and taking them as the hits and kind of like running with them is Mm -hmm. so much fun and I think there's something to be like to speak to as well of like and we've talked about this before of really honing in on what it is that you're wanting to focus in on that time and that can also be for just like a period of time where it's like I'm not teaching as much right now because I wanted to focus in on my the lens of of Astara and like really give all of my energy and attention to that and maybe a year from now I start teaching again a little bit more I who knows what happens, but it's like being where we are in that moment and not feeling bad about that and not feeling like we have to be doing. Yeah. Nothing is forever. No. It doesn't have to be. It can be if you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's a very healing way to look at it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Because it takes pressure off. You know, we, I, I mean, we put so much pressure on ourselves as is that it's like, just be where we are. Mm-hmm. That nice deep sigh <laughs> feels so good. I know we really can just be where we are. Um, so we'll wrap up here. I'll ask you a couple more of the rapid fires that are really fun. If you were a color, what color would you be? Uh, magenta. Ooh, why? <laughs> I don't know. I just love magenta. Yeah. It's like always been one of my favorite so colors. Beautiful, so bright and fun. Yeah, I feel like I always I always imagine like in in meditations this violet light always comes in as well, but then there's something about this like red magenta which bringing in the pink that I just love. Ooh, so pretty. Mm. So, what's on the horizon? What color do you for, think I would be? Oh, what what color do I think you would yeah. be? I think you would be well, now I see you as like a magenta because of that. <laughs> that's what you've said. But 
I would probably go with like a purple, which mm. is really similar. Mm-hmm. Um, the crown chakra mm-hmm. and just like that tapped into another place, mm-hmm. like a deep purple. Yep. Like an amethyst. Yeah. Like an amethyst. I keep seeing like light blue with you right now. Really? Mm-hmm. I love that. I like, I like the light blue. Mm-hmm. Something because blue is, is a healing color mm-hmm. and that's what I need. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it's, Floating around me. Maybe yeah. it's like these angels that are around you right now, which is a very angelic yeah, color. Yeah, please, angels, take care of me. They like are. My, they, oh, are. they totally are. Mm-hmm. They, they totally are. After the last few weeks, I need them especially. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Before you went into surgery, did you say a prayer? Did you tune in? Did you, like before you went under what were you kind of like tuning into or what were you thinking or what were you like, did you set an intention? Yeah. Um, My intention was to be patient with the process because Mm. I knew, I know myself, like I knew no matter how I felt after the surgery, I would push myself to walk again, you know, everything like really fast. My intention was to be patient and let myself be taken care of. And then I tuned into just like that lightness feeling of of getting something removed from mm-hmm. your body that's not mm-hmm. supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I have to let this fibroid take with it whatever it was causing the disruption in my body, hormone imbalances, maybe negative energy, stagnant energy, sickness. Just just let it energetically be taken out. So that was pretty much my intention. Beautiful. Yeah. Did you feel that after like when you came? Do you feel that now like that lightness or that space that's created? I do. I do. I think it was hard at first because there was so much pain and there was so much I couldn't move mm. for like a week. Um, and yeah, I think maybe I lost sight of that a little bit, but I do feel the lightness. I feel so happy to have it out of me and I feel just like everything in my abdomen is like finding its place now Mm. because it didn't have a place before like my uterus didn't have a place my intestines my bladder my spine like everything was being pushed Mm. so everything's kind of coming back to center can I ask you another question yes this may be like personal but I think it's really interesting now how there's so many you know and I was with myself tuning into the endometriosis and there's so many women now that are having hormonal issues or having a hard time conceiving or, um, infertility or PCOS. Like there's so, it seems to be really prevalent right now. How have you felt like since surgery and tuning into your womb space and tuning into your body? Like, have you been, um, are you tuning in? Are you finding that you're tuning in deeper into your womb and what that is and what that space is for since? Or were you able, like, had you been tuning into that before or is it more heightened because of the surgery? That's such a good question. Funny. Is this the pod, This is my podcast now. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, no, my I favorite like, kind of episode is when we ask each other questions. <laughs> um, it, it's funny that you ask because yesterday I had 
Sadie Adams. Um, she's this amazing facialist, microcurrent mm-hmm. facialist, but you know, meditation mm-hmm. teacher, everything. She's a healer and she was here to give me a facial, but it was not a facial. It, yeah. was, it was a facial, yeah. but I was like going to other places, just meditating like so deeply on the table. And the whole time I was thinking about like just feeling so out of my body mm. and just I've felt so out of my body kind of during this whole process. And when we finished, Sadie said the same thing. Like she tuned into how much I really need to ground mm. into my body and she kind of just saw me floating and that's how I felt. So I've felt for the last like 24 hours, this desire to tune into my body and just kind of ask myself, like, what am I distracting myself with Mm. Um, rather than actually going inside and doing that? Um, And I don't know if it's just like, it's hard for me because I have had so much pain for the last year um, and and I've always had such a fear of infertility. Mm. Um, and I've just been like surrounded by it with friends mm. and I've seen it and like, it just hits me so hard. And it took my parents six years to get pregnant with me. So I think it's something that I've been scared to really tune into, but I, I want to. And I think I, I definitely feel more connected to the womb and to my uterus so much more. I've never thought about my uterus as much in my life as I have in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to do that work. And yeah. I keep actually having this vision of myself taking a bath, taking a hot bath and just like putting my hands on that mm-hmm. space and talking to it yeah. and just like, um, really feeling into it and then in Hawaii I had this amazing experience where I connected with the souls of our future children and there were three of them and like I feel like I know them now um so I have a lot less fear about infertility and who knows like it could be easy it could be hard it could be the easiest thing in the world to get pregnant um so I'm holding on to that. Um, but now that I feel like I know those souls, um, I just don't feel as scared. And I actually see them. Like I mm-hmm. see them around. Mm-hmm. I see them in the butterflies. I see them yep. in the trees. I see them in the clouds. Yep. So I feel, I guess, just a sense of calm where there was a sense of fear before. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Side noting on that, there's a book called Spirit Babies. Have you ever read that? No. If anyone is having a hard time conceiving or or infertility or they're ready to like call in their child, it's a really beautiful book to read called Spirit Babies. And it talks about souls before they come down into form and how they choose their parents and how they choose the exact moment that they come in and how they choose their names and like whisper them into their parents' ears. Right. It's a really, it's a beautiful book. I'm getting chills like on all parts of my body right now. It's a beautiful book. That's insane. Yeah, because we have picked out our kids' names and like they have names. I feel like I know them. They are Especially after seeing them. Totally. Um, So crazy. What has been your experience with that? 
Um, it's been a really interesting experience. I think um, it brings up a lot. Like I've been really tuning into my womb with um, with the endometriosis for a while, and I think that I've been I've been doing a lot of visualizations with it. And at first, when I started tuning in, truthfully, I was almost seeing my uterus in this space as like having barbed wire, and it felt very like um, not barren, but it just felt like hospitable. It just felt like a place to, um, you know, there's this really beautiful womb healing that talks about the womb being a space to create and not being a space to store fear or store um, trauma. And oftentimes as women, it's almost like we've stored a lot of trauma in that space. And it's just, it's almost like we've like tucked it away. And I think now as like this divine feminine is really rising to the surface and, and many of us are embodying that. It's like, there's no more space for that fear or those traumas to be stored there anymore. So it's coming to the surface. And so I've been doing these meditations of, you know, envisioning my womb and that space, my uterus, my ovaries as this beautiful garden and as this flourishing garden with flowers and with bright light and sending a lot of Reiki into it. And imagining all of these creations that are coming forth from that space. Because regardless if it's a child or if it's a project or a book or whatever we're creating, we create from that space. And so I've, yeah, I've been really, really tuning into that, into the, into my womb and how I can further create this gorgeous garden. That's beautiful. Wow. I love that so much because oftentimes we're we're not we're told not to, and I right. think like you know as as women too we, and so much is changing now. But it's like no, we never talked about our periods, or we never talked about you weren't allowed to like have bad cramps. And now that I have endometriosis, it's like my cramps are level. Oh, right, they're you know, and and that is changing and healing and and. But it's just really interesting how we're not allowed to talk to it or we don't really, like, talk about it that much. And now it's time for us to really tune in to that beautiful space within. Yeah, it is time. And that's such a good, that's such a beautiful practice that you have that all of us can try. Anyone listening who resonates with it. It's so interesting that you say that about the garden. I was looking back over some drawings that I did in my journal in Bali and I pretty much drew that, that mm. like the uterus and the heart, like with these um, just like hugely flowering, blooming gardens, like vines everywhere. I am not the best drawing artist, but like it was so fun <laughs> to just have it in my I could just see it and then I drew it and that was so fun. It's so healing. Mm -hmm. It's so healing. And oftentimes we don't even tune into that aspect of our body until, right. you know, something happens or we're trying to get pregnant or, or whatever it is. It's like, we don't really tune into it. Exactly. I wanted to have a night. Maybe we should have a night soon where like, it's a painting night and you're either painting your womb or you're painting your vagina. Not literally. I mean, you could literally paint it, but like painting a picture, like you were just talking about right. of your womb or this space. Can we and like, do that soon? Yeah. I want I, I have this image of something I want to paint actually. Like, let's I do was, it. Oh, let's this, do it. Okay. This is why I am <laughs> so eternally like, it will always flip me out. Just the things that you say, because 
I had this huge just visualization yesterday. I went on like all these walks yesterday. Mm-hmm. I had more energy than I've had in forever and I don't have it today. Like I wish I could walk the way I was walking yesterday. It was mm. so nice like under the moon and mm. it was still trafficy and loud, but it was so nice to be outside by myself. Um, and I had just this like massive vision of me painting like my body with like this huge, like the womb being almost like either like the moon or mm. like a garden um, or both. That just and gave so me chills. I, I felt like I have to paint it so I can see what it really yes. is. And then it was also like me holding the moon. So it was mm. like me within me kind of. We have to do Let's it. Let's that. do it. Yes. Okay. I'm 100%. so excited. Yes. Oh, we have a lot of fun things to do. We have a painting night. Moving to Hawaii. Yeah, moving to Hawaii, (laughs) trips to Ojai, splitting a house. Like who knows? There's so many, so many fun things we can do. But thank you for being here. Mm. You're amazing. We'll have you back. We could talk forever. forever. I know. I literally Um, feel like we could just chat forever. Thank you so much. We've been like meaning to do this forever for so long. And I really appreciate you. I just love you. I love you. So tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me at Mariah K. Lyons on Instagram or Astara at Astara Collective. And the website is astaracollective.com. Yay. Yay. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with Mariah. I love that her and I just jumped all over the place and chatted about everything that kind of we would chat about if we were just hanging out in my living room. Um, I don't know if you guys could notice in this episode, if you know me really well, then maybe you could, that my brain fog was just on an all-time high. I don't say this for any sort of sympathy because I really don't want sympathy. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, I just really want you guys to know that suffering from Lyme disease is such a real thing. It's can be so hard and just this everyday battle. I mean, I'm recording the outro in bed and I had all these like computer technology issues. It was like a whole saga this evening and I just felt so, oh, so defeated and tired and like I can barely do these little things that I used to do with extreme ease, like record my podcast and record my intro and outro and live my life and walk around my apartment and do my dishes, go out in public, be social, all these things that I can't wait to get back to. It's a really, oh gosh, it's just a really rough time of life and having friends like Mariah who are super interesting and people who I've wanted to have on the podcast forever uh, to have them over and have them kind of just jump into conversation with me and be on the podcast that way is really special because it doesn't feel like work. It really just feels like talking and having you guys here listening means the world. So I want to remind you too about our three amazing sponsors from today's episode. Like I said, podcasting does not feel like work, um, but it is work for me in a really beautiful way because I get to work with these brands that truly allow me to 
heal and to also do a lot less partnerships, partnership wise on social media. Um, cause we're really just like doing it on the podcast and the podcast listeners like you guys are so supportive. So I just wanted to thank you for that. I know sometimes when you're listening to a podcast and you hear an advertisement, you might just fast forward or just think, eh, I'm not interested. I want to hear the conversation. And I say this because I listen to podcasts too all the time. And I feel that way sometimes, but I just want to remind you in the most gentle way possible that they do make my podcast possible for me. And I'm so grateful for them. So if you guys have ever been kind of on the fence of like, oh, I really want to try nutrition or Fabletics or Thrive or any of our other amazing sponsors, but you haven't actually ordered anything, then maybe just think about the fact that it's super supportive to this show if you order and it's super supportive to them and they want to keep giving back to the wellness podcast community and supporting our shows otherwise i would never ask you guys to buy something unless you literally want it so if you want cool activewear i highly recommend fabletics Go to fabletics.com slash blonde for a really, really good deal. If you want great supplements, then hop nutrition all the way. Use the code soul at checkout. And if you want lots of good non-toxic beauty products and home products and groceries and all that good stuff, go to thrivemarket.com slash blonde. And that's just my little reminder to you guys but seriously don't ever feel like you have to buy anything that's not what you're here for and if i started a podcast to make money off of advertisements i don't think my podcast would still be here because i never think that's a genuine way to start anything um i could probably go off on so many tangents right now so i'm not going to because it is the end of the episode and if you're still listening you're loyal and you're amazing and i love you And I just want to tell all of you to have a wonderful soul on fire day. Do something that makes you happy. And usually I put a wellness tip in the intro, but I didn't today. So wellness tip for you in the outro, if you're still listening, is spend less time on your phone and computer. That's actually a wellness tip because it might inspire you to get outside, exercise, do something that you really, really love. And I say this because I could take this, I could take a page out of this book and take that tip myself because I've been just kind of drowning in technology lately and it's not serving me or making me feel very happy. So lots of time away from the screens is always good, always wonderful. So thank you guys again for being here. Thank you for supporting the show. If you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast, head to iTunes, give it a good old five star rating and review if you love it that much. Send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com and I will thank you by sending over my blogging tips and tricks ebook and just thanking you personally and saying hi. So hope you have a wonderful day. Do something that sets your soul on fire. 